0: hello everybody and welcome to bite-sized reviews my name is Nitha, and this is a podcast where we rate things on a scale of zero to 255 in decimal or 0, zero 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 to one 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 in binary thank you all for joining me this week happy february by the way super fun um i'm pretty sure that poxa County phil saw his shadow Didn't see a shadow, so six more weeks of winter, or did see... It doesn't matter. Either way, we have more winter, just so you know. Um, I hope you're all staying warm and safe. If you're in Texas, I hope you kept your power when we had the the freeze that came down. And if you're anywhere else, I hope you're staying warm and uh, you were able to shovel your driveway if necessary. Um, If you're in a place where it doesn't snow, I'm sorry you get to miss the joy of seeing snow. I am, however, jealous that you do not have to see ice, probably. But anyway, this week we'll be reviewing three things. Um, it's actually all three things that belong, I guess, on on a, a review sheet. Um, it's a TV show, a movie, and a book. I got back into reading because of Tejas, so good job, Tejas, you did it. So I read a book called Frankly in Love, so we'll review that. I've been wanting to watch Encanto since it came out, I think, last month or the month before that so i finally got around to doing that and it was amazing so we'll oh spoilers god i know we'll review that and finally is reply 1988 uh, which is a show that i watched with my roommate So we'll actually start with that one so i watch a lot of tv so this is the first one we'll ever be reviewing though called reply 1988 it is a korean television show it's the third in a series first of all let me say so i think the first one was reply 1994 and then we had reply 1997 and then there's reply 1988 and reply 1988 is a 20 episode show that follows these five families that all live in the same neighborhood um, and they have children and the five main characters, I guess, are like they're they're, like five children who are in the main friend group um, and then they have some like brothers and sisters and obviously some parents. And we follow all of them just through their lives, starting when those five friends are in early to mid high school and continuing on. In the first couple episodes, it's kind of stated that like the main woman, Song Dok sun she is being like interviewed in like the present day. So the present day is when they film this in like 2015. And so she's like answering a couple questions at the end of the episode. And it's supposed to like hint towards like just kind of seeing where their lives go and how they change. So Song Dok sun and her friends, I guess, are like the main aspect. She has like an older sister and a younger brother um, and her two parents. And you just kind of follow them through their lives. It's a really nice show to watch. It's not super relatable to me personally, obviously, because I didn't grow up in 1988, nor did I grow up in South Korea, and specifically in South Korea in 1988. But there are a lot of family dynamics that I really related to, um, and just a lot of life lessons that came up that were very nice to see. Um, My roommate actually related a little more to it, because there were a lot of things that she would just kind of like, get really excited about and be like, Nita, look, this, we had this in my house. And I was like, okay, cool. I've never seen this before in my life versus about halfway through, um, the show progresses through time, right? So it gets to like the mid nineties and one of the families has a computer and I heard the dial-up tone and I was like, I was taken back to like the early 2000s when I was waiting for the computer to connect to the internet so I could play RuneScape. Really wild, it took me back. It's an amazing show though. It it like I think my favorite part about it is that every one of the characters is such a a well-rounded character and very interesting. One of the things I think they could have worked on is definitely planning the whole thing out. It very much seems like one of the biggest mysteries is um who Dokson is supposed to marry. And like in her 2015 interview in like the first two or three episodes, we see somebody who's supposed to be her husband. And the only key that you get is that she's known him since she was growing up. So it might be one of the four guys in her friend group growing up. And in the beginning, that actor acts very specifically and reminded us a lot of one of the characters and then by the end acted completely differently. And so we were like, wait, is it supposed to be this other character that she married? Um, And so we just didn't know if that was like a continuity error or if maybe like the writers halfway through were like, oh, no, we actually wrote to a different thing and just didn't have time to like go back and change it. But it was very jarring to see that. There are also just a couple things my roommate would have liked to see more. I think I was very fulfilled with the show. I didn't have to see a lot of like the side conversations of how we got to certain things, but she really wanted a couple more of those. And I completely understand that I could see wanting more, but out of the 20 episodes, most of them being over an hour and a half long, I think I spent more than enough time with these characters and they were really nice characters. And, and one of the last scenes actually is, I guess like in 1994 ish time frame when all of the families are like moving out of this neighborhood, you know, they've all grown up and they're all moving on. And it is like really hard to watch all of these people just leave because you kind of like grew accustomed to being with them, to learning with them, to growing with them. So yeah, it's a really good show. I would highly recommend if you just need like a, a good, I guess it's like family friendly, fun, kind show, definitely watch it. For the rankings for this show, I would say for goodness, it definitely gets a one enjoyableness. It gets a one. Uh, It's just like a very overall good. It puts out a net good in the world. I think it does. Um, Just showing like the everyday lives of people and kind of walking through some of the hardest conversations we need to have. Um, It's very enjoyable. It's very fun and interesting. So I I gave those two quick ones. Dogs. I do think dogs would enjoy this show. Also one of the characters does have a dog that we never see on screen but the dog is supposed to exist. So I do believe I'm going to give this show a one for dogs as well. I do think it's amusing, I, I, it's hilarious at times, it's very interesting, it's very enti- enrapturing, I guess it like thoroughly pulls me in. Every time I watch an episode, I'm not focused on something else, which is really nice. It's very shareable because it's a TV show and I would share it 100%. Um, please watch the show, it's great. It's also on Netflix, if you have any concerns about streamability, um, it is there. I would also give this a one um, in reability. I tend to not rewatch TV shows, but this is one I would watch again, and I would recommend people to watch. So I think I have like a rating system of like if you're scaling something out of ten, anything that I really really like, I'll give a nine or above. And if I give it a nine, I think it's a really good show. It was very enjoyable to watch, but I wouldn't rewatch it. A nine point five is I would rewatch this. It's an enjoyable show, and I can see myself enjoying it again one more time but a 10 would be i enjoyed this i would rewatch it and i would suggest other people to watch it so this is definitely something that i think would get a 10 if this was on a 1 to 10 you know decimal rating but since we're on a binary scale it's not getting that and then personal rankings i'm giving this a 1 i really enjoyed it it was a great show and cinematicism is actually also a 1 so i think this actually gives this the first thing that has gotten A 255 rating. I don't expect it to be the only one, though. I'm actually kind of concerned that I think all of these today are very, very high. But let's let's see. So that actually gives uh, Replying 1988 has a 255 decimal ranking or a 11111111 binary ranking. Next is Encanto. Encanto is the new Disney film. Encanto is the new Disney film that came out this past couple months on a family uh the family madrigals who are a very magical family and everybody who was born into the family has a magical trait um of something to help help in their in their community um so the matriarch madrigal actually fled from persecution and there was fighting and war and along the way her husband died and her three children and her were gifted these lovely gifts she was gifted a full town to take care of all the people who were refugees from this big conflict and her three children were given gifts of seeing into the future your emotions tying to the weather and one of them has the ability to uh, heal any ailments through food And they all, two of them have children, one does not. um, And those children end up going on to having gifts of their own, except for the main character, Mirabel Madrigal. She does not have a magical gift. She's just seen as normal compared to everyone else, including her little cousin who gets a gift during the movie, her youngest cousin. But everyone who uh, marries into the family, so there have been two men who have married into the family they do not get gifts they are just a part of the family i hands down love this movie i've never had a movie i will say also let me just preface everything that is in today's episode has made me cry while i have uh intaked the media from some way being very relatable um and Enc- encanto is the first movie i've cried about from start to finish like literally the first scene opened and mirabelle was singing and i immediately started crying like not like tears, like just panic attack, crying, but like very soft. Like it was very emotional for me. It's a very good movie and it's very relatable. Obviously, I do not come from a large family, nor do I come from a magical family. But I think there's a lot of things that all of us can relate to in Encanto, specifically on family relationships, especially if you come from an immigrant family generational trauma is very big and in this movie it's really important because the grandma comes with a lot of generational trauma you know fleeing from a from a from a fight and losing her husband in it and having to pick up and be strong for all of her three children. And that, you know, gets passed down through the generations. All of the generations think they have to shoulder this immense amount of weight and always either be perfect or always keep it together or always be helping or always doing something for somebody else rather than just doing what they want or taking care of themselves. And it shows in different ways. I think I really, really love Mirabel and the fact that she'll stand up to take care of her family. Her gift being breaking the generational trauma. I'm even cracking up right now. I hate this. But her gift to break the generational trauma is very strong. Uh, It's also very shocking because she's actually able to make it happen, which is just wild to me. (laughs) Because it's something that's very hard to get your elders to recognize, you know, we're hurting ourselves doing this. And then also get everyone else to work with you to you know, kind of rebuild everything in a healthy and kind way, especially when you've just kind of been slighted by the whole system. You know, Mirabelle is definitely looked down upon because she doesn't have a gift and is kind of like scolded all the time for everything she does wrong. So that can sometimes be really relatable. I'm just saying. Before I watched the movie, also, the internet was like freaking out about Bruno. And Bruno is one of my favorite characters as well, not only because he is a closet theater kid, or I guess wall theater kid stuck in the wall. He wasn't really in a closet. He was just behind the wall, but he he's just so sweet and his whole goal, you know, when he realizes I can't help save the family, it's going to break. He runs away, but he doesn't like run away. He actually just hides to keep it all together like, he's very much the one who says, I will take on all of the issues. I will be the one who's blamed as long as we can keep it together, which also is a trauma response. You know, you're trying to make sure nothing breaks down entirely. You want to keep it together for the family. I mean, I just really love him. And I think, you know, the, the scene where he runs out when Mirabel and... Her abuelita are talking, and he's like, "I did it. You blame me. Put it all on me." Mirabel didn't do anything. I like started crying, even though that's supposed to be, you know, after the really big heartwarming moment that Mirabel and her grandmother have. I like that was that was my big one of when abuelita like ran over and hugged him and was like, "You don't have to like try to you know shoulder all this responsibility." That was really good. I also just. <laughs> My favorite song is talking about all the kids at the beginning. I love how big and warm their family is. It's just really fun. I, I guess my last one, my last thing that I really loved about... I know everybody loves Luisa's song, and I really do. I appreciate Luisa's song. And anybody who shoulders all the responsibilities in the family, like, shout out to you. But I think I related a lot to Isabella's song. Um, I think as you know, children of immigrants, a lot of times we're told you have to be on your on your top game 100% you know you have to be the best of the best and it's very hard because that looks a specific way and if you can't do things in that specific way there's a lot of pressure to like fit a certain mold and there are so many ways for things to be done and so many ways for them to be done in a in a kind or good manner like not everything has to be perfect for the specific way people think and I really liked when Isabella learned that that was really nice I really enjoyed that. So on to the rating for Encanto. (laughs) This movie puts out such a net goodness in the world. It's wild to me that this was made for children. um, And they're already talking about these types of things. You know, when, when Inside Out came out and we were talking about feelings, I was already blown away that this was for children. And they would have the, I guess, words to be able to discuss their feelings and stuff with each other and with adults. But now I feel like they even have words and like actions and stories to talk about you know, the coping mechanisms we have and the way they're feeling and their relationship with their family and everything. And it's, it's really nice. I appreciate it like a lot. So that gets a net goodness in my book. It's also so enjoyable. Um, The whole, the whole movie is just so gorgeous. The whole design team did an amazing job from the music to the set to, the like acting like everything about it's just lovely it's all so good also i love all of the fine details in every scene down to you know even when they put um in when bruno's like behind the wall the craftsmanship that went behind the like little pages that he sticks the rats on to like make little telenovelas or like on every single door in the house all of the intricately designed door designs and everything it's just gorgeous and i love it it's so good just the amount of work that's put into the rooms that we like never see or like barely see anything of it's it's so lovely actually i just got a question i guess in my head do the people who move into the house stay in the room with their significant others so like the two dads and if so how do they feel about that because i guess we never really saw into the mom's rooms Huh. Well, that's an interesting thought. I guess I'll look that up later. On to continuing to rank this. I don't remember if I saw any dogs, but I think dogs would really enjoy this new universe, especially for how well everyone is taken care of. So I'm going to give that a net one. Amusement, shareability, re-ability, all ones. It's very amusing. As I said, I was very enthralled the whole time, basically crying the whole time. Very shareable. If you would like to watch it, is on, it is on Disney+. Plus. Um, I think it's going to be coming out on DVD and CD soon. And I'm sorry, DVD and Blu-ray, I guess, is the thing. Um, And when it does, I am definitely buying it. So if you would like to watch it, you are more than welcome to talk to me, and I will share it with you in some way. If you want to come over, watch it, please let me know, because I love this movie, and I will watch it again, even though I will 100% be crying during the whole thing. Rehability is definitely one. It's a movie that I would watch over and over again. It's honestly one of the only movies that I would watch over and over again. I have a couple, um, and that's why they're the only ones I also get in physical copy. So I'm very excited to get a copy of that. Personal ranking, as you all could tell, was definitely going to be a one. In cinematicism, as I talked about before, definitely a one. So this movie also gets a 255 rating in decimal or a one 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 in binary because it's just that good. It really is good. Um, I highly recommend you watching Kanto. It's just an amazing, amazing movie. Finally, we're going to be talking about the book Frankly in Love. Um, it is about a Korean American. 18-year-old boy who's named Frank. He is in his senior year, and he falls in love. And this follows that kind of, uh, in my opinion, that's not the most important part of the book, but it's definitely a coming-of-age, growing-up story for a senior in college. All of the characters are amazing. You've got Frank and his mom and dad. You know, you have Frank's best friend, Q. You have his like gathering friends which if you are uh, a child of an immigrant you probably had one of these but just a like group of friends that you only see when your friends your parents get together with their friends Um, specifically it's all the people that Frank's parents knew in Korea they all are still friends here and they have gatherings where he's like friends with the limbos, they call them. Um, these limbos are basically, you know, you're not super Korean, you're not super American, you're just kind of stuck in the middle, um, which I relate to painfully as an Indian American. And then he has the AP kids the, that Frank is, I guess, friends with. There are six of them in the AP class. And, you know, it kind of just walks through Frank's senior year and what's going on there. Um, Frank falls in love with a girl from his AP class. Her name is Brit. Brit means um, Brit is funny, nerdy, likes him. You know, all the things that you're looking for in a person when you're in your senior year of high school. But she is not Korean or Korean American. So he knows that his parents will not be happy. Actually, along the way, his parents and kind of some of the other parents um, that his his parents are friends with, try to set him up with this girl, Joy Song, who is one of the limbos. She is dating a Chinese-American guy. Um, so both of them actually start fake dating Joy and Frank to kind of get their parents off their tail and let them date the people they really, quote-unquote, want to date. And it's really fascinating to watch as Frank goes through these motions of, I guess tackling dealing with his identity and being in a relationship with somebody who is not of the same identity while also dealing with the fact that he has to you know study for SATs and get a really good score to get into the school that he wants to and in the background you have all of this family stuff going on so Frank's family actually owns or operates or owns and operates really don't ask that they're in charge of a like convenience store and that that was probably the thing that drew me in the most my parents owned and operated hotels when i was younger so frank actually works every sunday with his dad in the convenience store and i used to work with my parents at the hotel and you know being an asian american kid part of what you want to do is fit in and hang out and not really be cool i think all of us know when we're in school, if you're like in the AP classes or you're like accelerated, you're going to be the nerd and that's okay. But you want to fit in with the nerds and you want to have friends because that's, you know, it's an important part of life. You want to you wanna be with people. And I guess when you're also younger, you want to start dating. So Frank has a lot on his mind, especially that he really likes this girl, Brit. And Joy really likes the the guy she's dating. So they do this thing in the background where they're both like, fake dating in front of their parents but then real dating the people they like joy's relationship does not work out she has been dating the guy she uh, is dating longer and realizes she doesn't really like him and also had to hide him from her parents for you know reasons and so she and frank end up realizing that they really like each other actually and he breaks up with brit eventually and goes out with uh, joy And that's nice and well, but in my opinion, not actually an important part of the book. In my opinion, the important part of the book is definitely Frank and his identity um, and also his relationship with his family. You know, growing up in an Asian American household, there's definitely one parent that I'm closer to than the other. And I think that's, you know, partially because my parents had to put their work first when I was growing up, I definitely got really close to my dad and not as much to my mom. And I think The similar sentiment can be said for Frank. He's not super close with his mom, but I think he is closer with his mom than he is with his dad. That's actually why he works in the store on Sundays is his mom wants him to get closer to his dad. And throughout the book, his dad um, actually gets cancer. And they try and try and try to keep it away from Frank. You know, they don't actually know about it until... um, Sorry, the first thing that happens is that his dad gets shot at the at the convenience store. And that's the most terrifying thing, by the way. I was always worried about that growing up, that my parents would get shot while working um, or be physically harmed in some way. That's not something that really goes away if your parents work in that kind of scenario. You're very stressed about it. In a customer-facing job, especially when I think it was very timely that this book came out recently recently. It's not super old, um, especially with the a lot of Asian-American hate crimes that have increased in this country. It's very stressful. You know, after the 2001, September 11th, 2001, I have been concerned about my parents all the time. So I started crying at that point um, when his dad got shot. Luckily, his dad lived. Um, he's a strong cookie. <laughs> Mr. Frank Lee Sr. is great. But later on, he does learn that he has cancer um, and it's bad. And like most parents, they, or I guess most Asian parents, correct me if I'm wrong, if you have Asian parents and they didn't do this, but my parents do this all the time. Frank's parents don't tell him. They go as long as they can without telling him. And we as readers kind of figure it out because you can tell his dad's not working as much. He's getting tired more. He has these pills he has to take. He is being nicer. And then one day at one of the gatherings, he like blows up at Joy's parents. You know, this man's very stressed. He's going through going to doctor's visits and trying to live. He's dying of cancer and finally blows up at these people because we learn that at the gathering, the friends aren't friends really. They're more just like acquaintances that we've always known. um, And they're kind of mean. Specifically Joy's dad like snubs Frank's dad for being poorer than everybody else when Frank's dad prides himself on never having taken out a loan which is neither here nor there um uh, Joy Song's dad took out loans for his business you can argue that loans for a business are good you know you have a lot of things in liquid assets whatever it's neither here nor there how you do your business but you shouldn't snub somebody else's business or how they live their life and you know it's wild at that point um you're reading the whole thing through frank's eyes and most of the book is in english and he will explain things simple things um that we wouldn't really understand that are are korean or from korean culture and he'll do it in english still because he only knows english really but there's about a page to a page and a half that is just from frank's dad and joy's dad yelling at each other in korean And so I had to translate it. The mom kind of talks about it a little later. But if you translate it, obviously you can't get the full thing, as you could if you heard two men yelling in Korean at each other and understood the Korean. But it's very impactful. Joy's dad even starts insulting Frank and, like, Frank, the, the kid in front of Frank Sr., and that's when he's had enough. He's like, you can insult me, you can insult my business, you know, but you can't insult my son. You can't put him down. So it like breaks the whole relationship and they like leave. And Frank learns about his dad's cancer. And that I think is much more important is this idea of family relationships. Um, at least to me, I'm very close to my family. So family relationships are definitely very important. And it's a very stressful time also for Frank. You know, he is it's his senior year. He's trying to get into college. He luckily does get into one of his top colleges. It's amazing. He's, he's doing great, I hope you know imaginary frank's doing great in this world too but it's super stressful you know tackling dealing with his identity and then possibly maybe losing his dad like it's a lot to take in for an 18 year old and i think this book handles it very well i think i think david yoon does an amazing job writing a very well-rounded very interesting young kid to follow along with his journey I love the writer insert that happens. There's a time when Joy and Frank go to like accidentally stumble upon a big festival and they're like accosted by an old Korean woman because Frank's Korean's kind of bad, obviously, because he didn't grow up speaking Korean. And, you know, later another guy finds him and like comes him down and gets him some food. But, you know, as they're leaving, they see an older Korean. American man and his wife and it's just very nice cuz that's that's David Yoon writing an insert of himself but I think it's also him like being able to look at younger him possibly you know this idea that we can write stories about our own experiences and kind of like nod to ourselves and be like you're doing well kid you know you're doing the best you can and i think that along with the dad's relationship really kind of summons to me this is like a real story about a real Asian American immigrant and it's really good I cried three times during this book, so if you're keeping score, I cried probably the least during the book because it's the shortest. No, it's long. Encanto is the shortest, but I cried three times during the book, like pretty heavily. I just cried constantly during Encanto for the two hours. And in Reply 1988, I probably cried like once every episode for like 16 out of 20 of the episodes. So a lot of crying during this, just so you know, in case you plan to read any of these. I don't know why you would at this point. I've spoiled all of them, basically really the book. The book is really good. But on to the ratings for it. <laughs> I just read it. It's really good. I can't even do it justice. Frank is just a very sweet character and is a real great time. It's a great time. For net goodness, I think this is a strong one. Um, this really puts a really good, good book into the world. And I think it's great to have more um, Asian American representation. We all have very different experiences, but I think there are some things we can all relate to, um, including growing up and trying to take the SAT. I was triggered. I felt like I was back in high school. It was a lot. Enjoyable. It was amazingly enjoyable. I read through it so quickly. I'm not even kidding. It was an amazing book. I think dogs would enjoy hanging out with Frank. I don't remember if there were any dogs. I don't think there were, but I think dogs would enjoy this. Amusement, shareability, and reability. I'm giving uh, one. I actually read this through my local library. Um, I don't know if that's because I live in a large city, so they had it. But fun fact, you can ask your library to get books. So please do that, everybody. So shareable. I would definitely read this again, honestly. And then actually, I'm going to give this a one personal ranking. I love this with all of my heart. But I'm going to give this a zero in cinematicism because I think there's a level of too much realness that comes from this. I think it's very hard for me to differentiate what gets cinematicism but i think at a real point nah i'm giving it cinematicism it's an artfully made book i retract everything i say it's lovely uh i think it deserves it honestly this also deserves a 255 uh decimal ranking or a 11111111 binary ranking that's right i gave all of them all ones this time it's not cheating i promise putting us now at all three of the things i rated today being number one on the list do i think this is going to happen often probably i tend to intake very good media so uh what i'm saying is you all should give me suggestions of what to rate so maybe we have a more averaged out list but i'm also here for everything just getting a 255 after this you know let me know what you think that's it for this week please 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 read frankly in love watch encanto uh watch all of reply 1988 they're amazing also read star daughter uh, use thimbles. Send someone a birthday phone call. Celebrate New Year's Eve next year, I guess. Don't go to a car dealership. Don't do it. And maybe use binary if you have to, but like you don't need to. But that's everything on our list so far. Not in any particular order. I didn't put it in order, sorry, because car dealerships are the worst. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, funny jokes, things you'd like to see ranked, or ideas for new battery sizes, you know, there's like double a triple a i don't know anything else but uh if you have them send them to me message me at 52 underscore bit podcast on twitter or email me at 52 bit podcast at gmail.com the 52 in both of those is numeric and that's it for this week thank you all so much for listening have a lovely weekend and enjoy whatever you're doing but ingest some good media that's all I'll talk to you later bye